0: Well, happy Friday morning, everyone. It is the morning before, the night before, the night before Christmas. Well, we'll just call it Friday, December 23rd. I think that'll work. And uh, the creatures are stirring here in the radio studio. We're going to be a flutter with activity on the Roadmap to Heaven Roadmap Roundup Christmas edition. Uh, I guess it's a little premature to say that it is Friday of the fourth week of Advent, but it's the uh, last time we're going to be with you in 2022, so we'll call it that. Let's begin today as we do Every show for the final time together this year on Roadmap to Heaven, we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. And we pray together our Christmas anticipation prayer. And it's a one last time we're going to pray this together too. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, we beseech thee, O God, to hear our prayers and grant our desires through the same Christ our Lord and that intercession of his blessed mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as always, there's going to be a lot to get to on the show today. But all the kids are wondering, what's the weather report for tomorrow? How are conditions, especially at the higher altitudes, where the airplanes and the slaves will be making their way? So let's go to Mike Roberts now for the weather and the saint of the day.
1: Today is the feast day of St. John Canty. Born in Poland at the end of the 14th century, he was a brilliant student. At a young age, he attended Krakow Academy, where he earned his doctorate in philosophy. Then, John gave his life to the Lord, becoming a priest. After his ordination, he earned another doctorate in theology and taught at Krakow Academy. But John also had a gift for the sciences, and his insights into physics would go on to aid the future work of Galileo and newton however john had rivals who for a time succeeded in driving him out of the academy and into life as a parish priest initially he struggled there but before long his parishioners came to love him and he became an outstanding pastor eventually john was called back to the academy of krakow where he taught scripture for the rest of his life he died in 1473 at the age of 83. saint john Canty, please pray for us I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
2: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts.
0: Welcome back. This is Adam Wright. It's the Roadmap Roundup, our final one of the year here on Roadmap to Heaven, and we are happy to be Joined in studio today with us, uh, you never know who's going to pop in on these things, but Corey Grizzles made her way all the way down from St. Charles and from just over the river in Fenton, Missouri. Tim Lucchesi is here. Corey, Tim, good morning to both of you. Good morning. You know, Adam, I never thought I'd be the type of guy
3: to get up early and exercise, and it turns out I was right these mornings, just not my
0: thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you make a little sacrifice for us. We're getting you ready because your kids are going to want to get up early Early in just a few short Mm. days here. Corey, you know, you have uh, seen many iterations of Christmas throughout your family, from when you were a young kid to when you and Todd first were married and now kids. And now this year, Christmas with grandkids. My Um, Christmas with
2: grandchild. It's exciting.
0: This is is a good thing. Tell us a little bit about Christmas in the Grizzle household.
2: Christmas in the Grizzle household is actually, um, you would think it would be chaotic. I have 10 children. I have one daughter-in-law and uh, two grandchildren. And... Um, And then two of my daughters are dating. So it's kind of an in and out. They're going to their places and we're going to our places. And and so um, it's actually pretty calm with all of those people in my house because I have we've worked and um, kind of beaten out a tradition because I thought from the very beginning of our marriage, I said, here's Christmas and now we're going to make our traditions. And these are going to be the traditions that happen all the time. (laughs) And that never really works out that way. Like You don't really make a plan and say this is what our Christmas traditions are going to be. You kind of have an idea. Um, So we've gotten to the point now where we're really not running around to other families anymore. We're spending a lot of it at our house. Um, Christmas Eve is with in-laws, but they're in town, so we don't go anywhere. Um, I've kind of we're not really visiting other anybody out of town anymore um, because it's just so crazy with our family now all
0: but, right now I, I only have five kids <clears throat> and I, I have chaos at <laughs> Christmas so I, I need to start taking notes here but I do have one question because like with five kids I, I panic around Christmas time how do presents work in the grizzle yes, household so because I could I could see that getting out of hand very absolutely. quickly Absolutely,
2: and that that was a big um That was really hard for a lot of years as to how do we make this so that it's not materialistic, so that it's not um, just a free-for-all, and so that we as parents are not so stressed out about did I get the right gift? Did I get the one that she wants? Did I get enough gifts? Are they all comparing each other to the gifts that they got that we did they get? Did I get a present that was better than Grandma's? That's a good one, right? So I read an article a long time ago, and the suggestion was to have three gifts because that's all Jesus got, right? And not only just three gifts, but to theme them after the three gifts he got. So gold, Frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is the big the big gift, the one that they want or the expensive one. Or you know whatever it's a you could either do a theme basket or something or just one gift we have to do one because we have so many kids so the gold gift right some great big toy frankincense is the incense that is lifted to God in prayer so those themes are all about anything spiritual anything from I think I bought my daughter um, uh, miraculous metal earrings one year. Um, and, uh, you know, anything that, that will help their faith or, you know, so I I try and make that theme as well. And then the third one is myrrh. So anything for the, for the, um, body and my kids don't generally like clothes, but they will do shoes or lotions or, you know, anything that sometimes I've had to stretch it too. Like, Oh yeah, that could be a myrrh gift. Okay.
0: (laughs) I have four daughters. Here are your ponytail holders. It's a right. very practical, right. very practical <laughs> gift. Well, that sounds like a really good plan. And uh, Tim, I don't know about you, but I'm sitting here kind of a little envious because oh, sure. it's it doesn't go that smoothly in our house. No. And you and I have talked about this. We've known each other for years. And, you know, I remember like it was yesterday when you and Jess got married, um, Christmas as the spouse of a nurse. Oh, You know, you want to talk about Christmas according to the plan? There is no plan. <laughs> there is no plan. Absolutely. So so how do you how do you make that work? I mean because I know for you guys not only is it that Jess might be working at the hospital just like Beth has to do some years, but you also have family out of town. Oh, You've yeah. got family all over town. Yeah. And it, you know, it seems like there is no plan. <laughs> no. No, there really isn't.
3: And over the last few years I've tried to look, where's the pattern? Yeah, no, there isn't one. It's because it's not just oh my wife might be working Christmas or Christmas night or Christmas Eve, she might be working several of those or none of those or whatever it is. It's absolutely just completely different every single year. And I start thinking about St. Joseph and what he had to go through. And I think, boy, all of a sudden, you know, he's doing his carpentry. And then, okay, time to gather everybody. Let's head on down to Bethlehem. Okay, yeah, you do your Bethlehem thing. Oh, okay, baby's born. Oh, it's the wonderful, blessed Lord all right now take the blessed mother and your newborn son over to Egypt Oh, okay All right, now we're finished in Egypt head on back but not Bethlehem let's go to Nazareth like I just think about that absolute chaos that Saint Joseph had to go through as the 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 leader of the family and I think all right well he made it work and he made it work because it was all centered around our Lord at the end of the day whether you have to walk to Egypt or whether you have to, you know, head on down to Bethlehem or whatever it may be, whether your plans completely fall apart, Jesus is coming, whether you try to stop him or not, whether you get too chaotic or not, you can't stop the Lord. It's coming. He's coming. And you you just, you gotta remember that that's what's happening the incarnation. The rest of it just, it can all fall apart and that's fine.
0: Didn't you tell me one year that you actually calculated the miles or the mileage that are that St. Joseph would have had to take the Holy Family, and yeah. it's actually very similar to what you have to do yes, go to see family in Nebraska?
3: approximately, because we don't know exactly where the Holy Family ended up. Uh, the scholars don't think they stopped right in the edge of Egypt. There wasn't a lot of settlement right there. But where they probably would have gone within a number of miles or so, uh, yeah, it's about the same distance that we have to travel from here to rural Nebraska, so... Uh, We get to do it in a minivan, though, with an iPad, and they get to do it, you know, with, I mean, sometimes we have an infant as well, you know, but, oh boy, just on a donkey? I don't know how you do that. And through a desert? No, you need the iPad.
0: I bet there are kids listening, though, like, if mom and dad wanted to trade in the minivan for a donkey, that would be so cool. We should get a donkey. Yes, that would be cool for five minutes. Yeah, well, you know, it sounds like the most important thing is, one, that no matter what happens, Christmas happens, that the incarnation happened, and that, you know, Christmas Day is going to come, and we're going to go to Mass, no matter where we are, and that you're going to be together in some way, shape, or form with your family. Absolutely. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break here on the Roadmap Roundup this Friday morning, December 23rd. When we come back, we'll just see who might mosey on by the studio. In the meantime, don't go anywhere.
4: A family Christmas prayer. I think about my family, my relatives, the neighbors, people with whom we will spend this day. Dear Jesus, as I look at their faces and remember their stories, there are feelings of gratitude and some fear and anxiety. Thank you for these loved ones, and please forgive me for the ways I have been less than accepting and loving.
0: We are back. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup here on Roadmap to Heaven. It's a special edition on this Friday morning, December 23rd. I'm Adam Wright, joined in studio by Corey Grizzle and Tim Casey. And oh, there's a, a little jingle at the door there. Who could be walking in but Sam Ashlock, a new one of the newer panelists on Roadmap to Heaven this year. Sam, it's good to see you today, uh, sir.
5: It's good to see everybody. I was just moseying on down the road. Here yeah.
0: I am. Were, were you riding a donkey or a minivan?
5: It was closer to
0: a minivan than a donkey. All right. You know, Tim, Tim's thinking about trading the minivan in for a donkey here. So, you know, Sam, this is, uh, this is a really special Christmas for you. You know, Corey, I was just thinking about this. You were telling me a little bit before the show about Christmas as a child as well. And I mean, if you think back, can you think of one of your first memories of Christmas when you were a kid?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, I just remember the pile of presents in front of me. And I remember finally getting that Cabbage Patch doll.
3: I just dated
2: myself. What about you?
3: (laughs) I remember very clearly walking into the church uh, one Christmas morning and they had completely decorated it. And I didn't know who had done that. And it was, oh, it, there was almost nothing on the fourth Sunday of Advent. And now all of this stuff. And I didn't have a clue yeah. where it came from. And it was just wonderful.
0: Well, Sam, this is kind of what you're going through right now, because you're a recent convert to Catholicism. So when, you know, we're trying to remember our first Christmases as kids, you are living in, in a sense, you are living your first Christmases now. Yeah, it's it's
5: pretty neat. When I think about uh, truly the first, my first Christmas, it was I mean, really like last year, uh, my wife and I went to St. Francis de Sales for the first time, midnight mass. And that's when, when she was reconciled back to the church and uh, I was still waiting in anticipation to be baptized. And it was um, just something that I'll never forget. Just one of the most beautiful things uh, that I think anybody would ever experience, uh, solemn high mass at St. Francis de Sales. So yeah, this is, this is my first Christmas as a baptized Catholic. Uh, this will be my first time receiving on Christmas at midnight, um, and I'm looking very much forward to it.
0: That, that's really striking for me because I, you know, I worry that sometimes I really take it for granted how great a gift we have of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, in the, in the Holy Eucharist, that you know, we recall the Incarnation and we celebrate this day that, that Christ would come to be with us, that Christ came to earth in human nature. You know, and yet every day present in the tabernacles, our Lord is sacramentally present—body, blood, soul, and divinity. And you know, it's you know no brainer for me. It's Christmas Mass. I'm going to go. I'm going to go receive our Lord. Um, And yet, you you were telling me the other day, uh, it's like looking at those manger scenes that are starting to pop up in the churches. As you know, as Tim said, they they just kind of like all of a sudden decorations are there, and one thing's missing. It's our Lord, And, and in a sense, you're really living that right now.
5: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting to think about because we say every day at Mass, uh, you know, Lord, I'm unworthy that thou should enter under my roof. And and I think, you know, obviously we're wildly unworthy that we should be able to receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. But just the idea that he, you know, that God incarnate down onto earth into the the body of a a baby, uh, is, is hard, hard for me to wrap my head around, um, the humility and the, um, just the delicate nature of a baby. Like, it's just mind blowing the, the love and, and the care that he has for us, that he would do something like that, uh, when we are so wildly unworthy i mean it's it's just i don't know you know like you said we take it for granted but i don't know if a, a lifetime's worth of thought would ever really like get us close to understanding that
0: yeah it, it, it's one of the reasons i love how the church expresses her beliefs through our postures and through our prayer and that at mass on christmas when we pray the creed we genuflect when we get to at incarnatus est and and you know, the, the incarnation in the creed and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's such a powerful thing that, you know, I, I, it's almost like we should do that every day. We should take a knee because our Lord came to be with us. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you for bringing this powerful reminder for us not to take it for granted, because this is something that, that can be new in our hearts each and every year. Yeah. Well, and I,
5: you know, it's interesting because I think, you know, although we shouldn't take it for granted, uh, I do kneel at the creed every day, and it's still, it's difficult to keep yourself in that and in the understanding of uh, how majestic and miraculous the mass truly is, because I think we just, as humans, have a tendency towards the, you know, everything kind of becoming mundane and humdrum, and, and Christmas is a wonderful time that we get to really dig into that for the advent season like getting us kind of back and went more so but you know advent just getting us back into the um the humble nature that we should have the idea that that christ came for us with the understanding that all of that was going to take place like his entire life
0: death resurrection was going to take place it's just uh it's just wonderful That is absolutely wonderful. We are going to take a break here really quick on the Roadmap Roundup, so don't go anywhere. When we come back, you never know who's going to stop by, and I have a feeling we're going to have some more Roundup panelists making the Christmas rounds here. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Stay tuned.
4: Lord, may we be like the wise men who were guided to you by a star. Give us the wisdom to seek you light to guide us to you, courage to search until we find you, graciousness to worship you, and generosity to lay our gifts before you, who are our King and our God forever and ever. Amen.
0: We are back and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Friday, December 23rd. It's our Roadmap to Heaven uh, know what to call today, Corey, do we? I mean, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and, I, you know, I, I'm thinking it's like the night before the night before Christmas, but yeah, if only there were that, a name for it. You
2: had that whole complicated thing earlier today, and I thought, you know, today's actually Christmas Adam.
0: I did not know that.
2: Because Adam comes before Eve.
0: Oh, now that's scriptural right, right there. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I get a day here. This is this, is, you know.
2: I mean, you get a whole day. In Lent,
0: we're always we're, talking about the fault of Adam. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll take Christmas take, Adam You'll take here.
2: December twenty third <laughs> Is it your feast day now.
0: Yeah, well, we're happy to say that, that during the break, there uh, Dan Vanderhaar and Angela Miller showed up. Two of our, uh, you know, one of two of our original panelists here on the Roadmap Roundup, and a, a happy Christmas, Adam, to you. Both. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> so do we, is, is there
6: gifts involved? The first thing my kids would ask is, is there a gift on Christmas? Just if your
7: name is Adam. You just Only give if gifts your name to is Adam. Adam <laughs> you are the gift. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I got. Right. It. I forgot to bring gifts for you. It's a reparation for the whole lens. (laughs) (laughs) I I like gold coins. If you're looking for that gold (laughs) gift that Corey mentioned earlier, I like the gold (laughs) chocolate coins. Um, You know, they don't even have to be real gold. The foil is just fine as long as the chocolate's real. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we're talking about Christmas traditions here on this uh, roadmap roundup. And Dan, I mean, you've got some some traditions going back to when you were a kid that are just absolutely wonderful. You were telling me about uh, last week on. As we were getting ready for the roundup, and it's not about presents for you, and it's not even about presents for the family. It's about celebrating the birthday yeah. of the King. Yeah, this uh,
6: my parents started this, and uh, we bake a birthday cake for Jesus every year. So, the, but the big deal is who gets to blow out the candles because right, you know, it's just like the Advent wreath, right? You know, it's a fight to see who gets to blow out the candles. Uh, so we had to... Wait, wait,
0: wait. You fight to blow out the oh, candles on an Advent listen, wreath? Listen, if
6: you're growing up with a, you know an older sister and then five boys, yes. there And there's only four candles. It is a fight. <laughs> Corey's over there nodding her head, right? I have five boys. I <laughs> exactly. can imagine this. It's a, it's a, and, I, and it can get physical. Um, but we created rules. There's rules of engagement around the birthday cake for Jesus. If you're the youngest grandchild... Or you're the newest member of the family. So, you know, a nephew has a fiance or somebody got married or whatever it might be. Then the newest member of the family gets to blow out the Jesus birthday cake candles.
0: All right.
3: We actually sing Happy Birthday to Jesus, and it's the only time ever that someone isn't awkwardly sitting there waiting for the song to end <laughs> while people sing to them. <laughs> yeah, we, we do the same.
0: Yep. All right. Well, so who? Now you said the youngest gets to blow out the candles. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Tim, how's that going to work in your house? Can your youngest even blow out candles yet? I, I hope not, but right. she might eat them might, <laughs> oh you can delegate someone on, on her behalf. You, uh, you know, well, that's, that's a wonderful tradition there. Now, Angela, you're kind of at the other end of the spectrum that, you know, this is your second Christmas together with Greg as a married couple. Yes. You, you've had Christmas before, yes. but this is <laughs> your second Christmas as a married couple. You know, we're, we're talking about all of these traditions. And I remember when, when Beth and I were first married, it was always this big question of, all right, what are we doing? Because, you know, my family used to do this and your family used to do that. And we're invited here this day and there that day. And then so-and-so's coming into town that day and we have to go to a, a lunch here and a brunch there and a this there. And by the time we did all this family stuff, it was like we forgot to celebrate Christmas for ourselves. Right,
7: right. So, um, yeah, we. my mom is a um, music director at our parish, so she's busy, you know, leading up to Christmas. So we do some Christmas things with Greg's family beforehand, and then um, on, on Christmas Day or Boxing Day we'll do Christmas things with my family. But um, Christmas Eve night and Christmas morning, um, are very specially for um, the intimacy of just my family being Greg and I. Um, and without children yet, uh, we're, it's just a very intimate, special, prayerful, um, quiet time for us um, to really focus on our relationship with each other and our relationship with the Lord. Um, we go to Mass together, and then in the morning uh, we have our own little tree, our own little gifts um, giving to each other um, we've done the, the Christmas Novena with each other leading up. So um, doing that together and praying together has just been really special.
0: You know, last year was the first year. I just realized this as you were talking that, you know, a- after many years of being a parish music director, it was the first year that Beth and I went to Christmas Mass with each other and the kids and without any of our in-laws. You know, mm-hmm. because usually they were there to help Beth with the kids. And if we were lucky, they, you know, they'd at least be able to sit in a pew nearby if we weren't in a choir loft and the, the musicians were down on the floor in the nave. Um, and that was as close as we got to Christmas mass together. It was, you know, it was it's remarkable to think about it because it, it really brought us together as a family in a way I never would have imagined. And it's actually kind of hard to put into words, but it sounds like that's something that's really important for you and Greg to right. say, like, you know, we, we're going to have time for our, our extended families But from the get-go, we're going to make sure we also have time for our family to become a little holy family, too.
7: Yeah, and I I do think of the holy family, and I know it's kind of ridiculous to compare ourselves ever, but we like to think of ourselves like, how can we be close to the holy family? Like, we we go through sufferings, and we're on our flight into Egypt together. um, But in that quiet moment, what was it like for Mary, Jesus, and Joseph, just the three of them, before the visitors came, before the shepherds came, um, and for us to just kind of enter into that with Jesus?
0: wow that's absolutely beautiful. so um you know are there any traditions from your childhood or Greg's childhood that now you're putting together when it's just you and Greg to say, look I, I always did this as a kid and and, and we're still doing this <laughs>
7: yeah I think there there's a lot from my family that we did and we still kind of do at my parents' house when we come visit there's like a Christmas bell and so last year um my dad gave the same Christmas bell it has Santa on it and it says Santa's back on the back of the bell like because it's his back, but he's also back, um, okay. and so we ring that on Christmas morning, um, just to celebrate that it's Christmas. So yeah, we each have that in our own families now that we yeah.
0: that we celebrate with. Have any of you heard of the Christmas pickle? By the way,
7: yes, we also do that in my. family. Heard we do that, that
3: yesterday, I think. Yeah, Dan, do you know
6: about the pickle? So like, uh, you, know, you is the the pickle mm-hmm. thing you put on? The, is that the tree it's on one? the tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's an, it's an ornament. Yeah, ornament. I've only right. heard of it. It's not an
2: actual pickle. That would be.
6: Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I think we, yeah. we made a vain attempt at instituting the Christmas pickle and All it right. just didn't uh, stick.
0: Tell tell me about yeah. this tradition. What is what is the Christmas pickle here?
2: So in our house, and it's probably a little bit different, I've heard it a little bit different in every house, but in our house, so it was given to my husband from a German teacher. And um, we probably kept that actual ornament for a good fifteen years and then somewhere along the line it, it broke. So we've bought a couple of them since. But we hide it. So, well, uh, Santa hides it on the tree um, in the middle of the night. So it, they, the, the kids get to put it up on the tree, and then Santa hides it. And we have two trees, so Santa hides it on one of the trees, and we don't know which one it is. Oh, there's but, not two pickles? Then. No, no, just one pickle, but we yeah. don't know where the tree's going to go. So, um, but in our house, it's the the first kid that finds it gets to open the first present.
7: That's what we do, too. Okay.
0: Yeah, Tim, I don't know about you, but with my brothers, that would have been one of us would have ran to the fridge and got a real pickle. Be like, hey, I found a pickle. <laughs> uh,
2: I, gets, I gets open first. I think one of my kids actually did that one year.
0: <laughs> that, that would have been a great way
6: to destroy a tree when I was growing up. Where did yeah. it go? Break a few instruments, a few ornaments.
0: Oh, my. Well, you know what? We're coming up against a break here. Let's uh, let's take that really quick. When we come back, we'll continue the fun here on the uh, the Christmas Adam, as Corey called it. And, and I'm Adam. Uh, th- 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 I'm going to get vain with this. We better come up with a different... <laughs> Name during the break, but either way, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere.
4: The Nativity Prayer of Saint Augustine. Let the just rejoice for their Justifier is born. Let the sick and infirm rejoice for their Savior is born. Let the captives rejoice for their Redeemer is born. Let slaves rejoice for their Master is born. Let free men rejoice for their Liberator is born. Let all Christians rejoice, for Jesus Christ is born.
0: We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven this Friday morning, December 23rd. And, oh, someone's coming in the door there. Who could it be? But it, it looks like uh, one of the original Roundup panelists there, Gabe Jones. Hey,
8: yeah, Adam, it's uh, <clears throat> it's good, good to see you this morning. Yeah, I, I feel like I haven't seen you since last week. Uh, the, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it was last week was the Radiothon, right? Well, it's good to have you here. Time flies.
0: It, it does. It, it does. So, Gabe, we're talking about uh, Christmas traditions today here on Roadmap to Heaven on the Roundup. And uh, we, we kind of got ourselves into a pickle before the break. But, uh, you know, Dan and I were talking about this last week on the Roundup, that the, the Christmas tree is such a great occasion for things. Like, we, we have all these ornaments that different people have given us. And we were talking about how, oh, every time we put that ornament up, oh, so-and-so gave it to me. I'm going to say a prayer for that person. Um, It's always interesting to me the different things families do. What what does decorating the tree look like for the Jones family?
8: So decorating the tree in our family is uh, an event that I just kind of try to stay out of the way for uh, (laughs) because there are so many hands grabbing and things and frustrations that come about. So I just kind of, I did my part. I cut it down and I put it up and then the rest, and I put the lights on. Uh, and then everybody else can do the ornaments. But we very intentionally put our tree up on Gaudete Sunday. We might put it up like a day or two before because we have to – scheduling-wise, we have to go cut it then. But like it doesn't get decorated. You don't until just Gaudete cut it down and,
0: is, and let it stay in the backyard.
8: It might go up, you know, the Friday before, or the Saturday before, whatever. But Gaudete Sunday is the day when we decorate. And I think that's a really cool tradition. It's not something that I did growing up, but it's something that my wife and I have intentionally done with our kids to – to create that sense of anticipation. And now the kids look forward to Gaudete Sunday. They know that's a day they are going to rejoice because they get to put the ornaments on the tree. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, I have to say as a dad, one of the greatest things. Now, let's go around the horn here really quick. Uh, Corey, you have two trees. Real trees, artificial trees. One of each. One of each? Oh, that's smart. That's compromise. (laughs) Angela?
7: It's a very big deal that we get a real tree in my family.
0: All right. Mr. Vonderhaar? It
6: was all real tree until this year. Uh Uh-oh. Switched gears. Oh my Sam, what about you? Uh,
5: Real tree and and I like to get it as as absolutely large as I can. So <laughs> wide, tall, uh, measure the ceiling, maybe put it in closer to the window. Cut room. a hole in the ceiling, We're trying move to get the furniture out. I'm trying to get it as big as I possibly can.
0: <laughs> Knock down walls. There we go. Tim, what about the Lucchese family? Well, I grew up, it was very firm. You get a real tree.
3: And my wife grew up with a fake tree. So we get a fake tree every. Because uh, <laughs> you're, <laughs> <Lucchese. laughs> you, you're a
0: good man, Tim Lucchese. You're a good man. We have terrible allergies. And um, it, it was one of those things that I was like, we can get a real tree if you want me to sneeze my way through the Christmas season. And uh, Beth was like, like, okay, fine. Fair enough. Um, so Adam,
6: the, the, the real tree people call them fake trees in the fake tree people call them dead trees. So, you know, we got to, you know, get precise with our
0: speech here. Artificial tree, real tree. So one of the things I love about it though, is I, with artificial trees, if you have one, you have to fluff the branches and then, you know, sometimes you scratch yourself and then you got to put the lights on. And at a certain point, my kids became old enough that they said, dad, can we fluff the branches? And I was like, well, I don't know. Do you really want two kids? Are you, you know, cuz I don't know that you're old enough. Oh, dad, we think we can do it. I'm like, "Then by all means, you may fluff the branches." And I'm sitting in my chair like, "Yes, this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever." Have you gotten to that point yet that it's like, "Oh, I get to sit back and I don't have to do this anymore?"
8: Yeah, in a few ways. Yeah, not just Christmas related stuff, but there are some times, yeah, I get to let my kids do things. Like again, the ornaments. I put the lights on because those are important. You got to have those on properly. It's probably spaced on the tree and, you know, a good, adequate representation of all the lights. I mean, it's very important. But then the ornaments, have at it. You guys do that. That is not something I
0: really need to do. Yeah. Now, speaking of Gaudete Sunday, Gabe, you and I were at the uh, South City County-ish Advent tailgate over at Our Lady of Sorrows. And uh, Father gave this wonderful reflection on fatherhood, you know, and that this was God the Father stepping in to say humanity needs me they need the father so i'm going to send my son to do the work that we need to accomplish uh he was talking about his own father stepping in that there was kind of a tenuous situation where the family may or may not have been in a a little bit of danger if i remember the story correctly and his dad was you know very carefully determining what's the course of action because that's what dad does Um, as you think about christmas time tim was sharing a little bit earlier about how you know saint joseph you got to go here then that's where we're going to go um what do you think about, especially with St. Joseph and Christmas and, and everything that we're getting ready to reflect on spiritually?
8: Uh, so, yeah, St. Joseph kind of gets overlooked sometimes at the Christmas, I think. You know, we talk about Mary and the Nativity a lot and her, um, you know, giving birth and Christ, obviously, and his birthday. But St. Joseph, just kind of like, he's a bystander in a lot of, you know, a lot of ways. I mean, there he's at the Nativity, but like we don't talk about him a whole lot. The flight into Egypt obviously happens later, but, you know, he gets brought up there. I think... It's sort of that um, that quiet witness, if you will, of the Father, right? That being there and being a presence and not having to make it about me and to be willing to die to myself, right? To not want to be the center of attention, uh, to know that Christmas isn't about like me being boisterous or what the gifts that I got for everybody, but like letting my kids just enjoy and revel in the the merriment of Christmas right? yeah. and that magic, right? and
0: helping to create it. Well, and, and that's important too. This is something you've talked about often on the roadmap roundup the importance of recreation. You know, like we, we, we have to put the importance first and foremost on our sacramental lives and our spiritual lives and our prayerful lives. But a component of that is having time to recreate. And this time of year, that is exactly like letting the kids run around and play with their siblings or their cousins and enjoying, you know, all the, all the smatterings of food that we put out and uh, the merriment, as you put it.
8: Well, and this could really get into a long, long discussion about this, but I think, you know, recreation, recreation is very closely tied to proper leisure, right? To, to be leisurely is not to be lazy. It's to properly contemplate God's creation, what he's given to us. And so I think this time of year, it's hard to contemplate, to be leisurely because we are so busy, but taking that time as a father to kind of step back and watch what's going on with your kids and contemplate, wow, God has given me a lot of gifts. And how can I then be able to appreciate those well and return those back to him? That's that's something I think that's really important this time of year. Take right. that step back.
0: I, I absolutely love it. All right, we're going to take a break here on the Roadmap Roundup. When we come back, we're going to have a special uh, end of Advent, almost Christmas, catequiz for you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this.
4: Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, make thee a bed, soft, undefiled, within my heart that it may be a quiet chamber kept for thee. My heart for very joy doth leap, my lips no more can silence keep. I too must sing with joyful tongue that sweetest ancient song. Glory to God in highest heaven, who unto man his Son hath given, while angels sing with pious mirth, a glad new year to all the earth. Amen.
0: We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Friday morning, December 23rd. Uh, Dan Vonderhaar asked before the break if we could have a catequiz, and Then you made a very clear request. That's right. I didn't. First of all, I just said, are we have? I didn't ask for one. And then I
6: said, I'm on Gabe's team. All right. Uh, I'm always, every time there's a catechism, we're on the roundup and I'm with Gabe. I'm always like looking over for hand signals, you know, or, uh, you know can I read Gabe's eyes? You know, Is that is
3: it A, B, C or D? Um, All right, well, were you that student who asked the teacher, are we
0: having a quiz
3: tomorrow? <laughs> and then the <laughs> yeah, teacher was like, exactly. oh, we should have a quiz tomorrow.
0: <laughs> well, Dan asked if we're going to have a cata quiz, and so lo and behold, we're going to have a cata quiz. Uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about Christmas is there are the uh, different masses of Christmas. And in the, uh, the Novus Ordo, we have the... Mass at the vigil, mass on Christmas Eve. Then we have mass during the night, or as we like to call it, midnight mass. And the catequist question Dan could be, what time is the midnight mass? You know, <laughs> but that, there's no right answer to that other than midnight, um, unless you're at a different parish where the midnight mass is not at midnight. I Yeah, and then but we so we have Christmas Eve Mass, Mass during the night, Mass at dawn, which is a a really beautiful one, and then Mass during the day. Those are the four Masses of Christmas, and in one of those, uh, in only one of those, we hear a Gospel, and this Gospel is very unique because it's the only one that has the genealogy of Jesus, and it's the only one. Where we hear about Joseph's dreams, both when Mary was with child, and also the flight into Egypt. I'll give you a clue. It's either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, because those are the four Gospels. <laughs> but uh, uh, Dan Vanderhart, you can consult with Gabe Jones really quick. And if anyone oh, else, I think wants, you know this one. Yeah.
8: No, uh, you don't know this one? I,
6: I I'm trying. I've been to every one of these masses. Right. We were in that phase where we're trying to figure out. Which Mass do we go to because, you know, the ages of the kids keep changing? Isn't it, isn't
8: it Christmas morning? Oh, are you asking which Mass? Or
0: no, which I'm gospel? not asking you which Mass. No, I'm gospel. asking you which Gospel. But yeah, oh, which, bonus guard, points. which
6: Gospel is the answer? That, uh, that's Matthew.
8: Right. Yes. The genealogy is in Matthew. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is correct. Now I was trying to read his eyes while I said that. Then... <laughs> For bonus points, which one of the four Christmas Masses do you hear the Gospel of Matthew at? With the I, I'm out on this one because,
8: mm-hmm. you know, we go to the traditional Latin mass. So, I, I just want to say for the record, I'm not the
0: only person here.
8: And but you did here. ask a lot of the roadmap faces. You did
2: ask about the Quiz, <laughs> so you get to answer it.
0: You are also the one that's looking at Gabe Jones, and no one else is looking <laughs> <laughs> at Gabe Jones <laughs> can right can now. <laughs> yeah. What, what's what's the really? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna uh,
6: pass it. I'm gonna pass this to Tim. All right, mm. Tim Lucchese. Oh,
3: the guy who has three kids under seven, and is, I didn't uh. know they still did homilies. <laughs> <until it didn't laughs> oh, I, I mean, complete shot in the dark here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's the one on uh, Christmas morning.
0: That would be incorrect. Oh. All right, now I'm going to give you a clue, though, because you just kind of set this up. Um, as a father of small children, the genealogy of Jesus, which is a little lengthy, going all the way back to uh, Abraham the father of Isaac, the father of Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers, who became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, and Perez became the father of Hezron. It's exactly at the Mass where you're thinking, alright, there are a ton of kids present. Let's read a really long gospel about a lineage. I, then the, the the Vigil Mass. Yeah, that is yes. correct. Yes. You know? yes.
8: Alright, you, you
0: all passed the catechist here today. Uh, alright, so we're, we're talking about things as we get ready on this fourth Sunday of Advent. We have a You know, well, fourth week of Advent. That was last Sunday, it was the fourth Sunday of Advent. We're down to the wire. Christmas Eve is tomorrow. And as much fun as we're going to have with merriment and with presents and good cheer, or as we call it wassail, uh, have a cup of cheer. um, And, you know, the kids are actually excited because my mother in law makes a non alcoholic wassail with cranberries, and they love cranberries. So they're like, oh, do we get wassail this year? And it's the first year they're going to get that. At the heart of it, as Sam reminded us, is the incarnation that. Our Lord Jesus Christ came to dwell among us. And I think one of the most beautiful signs uh, that we have of the, of the power of the Incarnation is at Christmas Mass. And I don't care if it's the Vigil Mass, Mass during the night, Mass during the day, or gathered as a family at home singing the beautiful carol, Silent Night. And that, that one line, sleep and heavenly peace. It, for me, it was always the most peaceful moment in church on Christmas, was when the entire congregation, usually unaccompanied, would would sing Silent Night and we'd get to that Sleep in Heavenly Peace. There's a lot of chaos, as Corey and uh, Tim have reminded us at the beginning of the show. What does What does peace mean to you? How are you looking to find the peace of our Lord this Christmas time? And now let's all look at Gabe Jones. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well... Uh, I wasn't sure if you were asking Sam, because you mentioned Sam earlier, but uh, Sam, chime in here. Don't let me be the one to take over the show. I think, kind of like what I said a second ago about contemplation and heavenly peace, that to be really at peace is to be kind of in union with Christ, right? Union with God. To be in communion. And to be in communion isn't necessarily this chatterbox sort of like, hey, you just have to talk all the time, but to be silent, to be quiet. The best moments when, when you know you have made, when you're friends with somebody, or when maybe when you're dating your, your spouse you know, years ago and, and you were thinking back, like you had to talk all the time, and there was that one moment in the car, and it's like, and no, neither of you were talking, but it wasn't awkward. That's that sort of heavenly peace I think we need to have with Christ, right? That we can be in church, we can just be there and sort of just contemplate his reality, right? And not have to feel like we have to talk and share stuff and be listening for him to say something to us, just to be there. I think that's kind of the heavenly peace that we need to strive for. Corey, what about you? So um,
2: this, Chris, this Advent season has actually um, been surrounded quite a bit uh, with death. And, so, and, and actually when I think of peace, I do think of orienting myself to the peace of heaven and, and being there and reminding myself this is not my home. And so any chaos that comes around in this world, I just have to pull myself out. And be quiet and say, this is not my home. My, my end is the peace of heaven, like literally heavenly peace. So just within the last month, my um, husband's, I don't know if I'm going to get through this, sorry. <laughs> um, a, a very important mentor of my husband has passed away. Um, a child of a friend of mine has passed away. And um, just last week, a, um, a cousin of my mother-in-law Passed away. It's and, and I'm hearing more and more about this. So to really understand what is most important in our lives is to take that peace, and to realize that that the chaos and and the getting ready and the, and all of the things of this world don't give you peace. It's it's Jesus Christ and the peace that He gives us and that we are heading for heaven.
6: I can just keep listening to Corey. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm good with that. You know, I, I can't.
2: Um, I'm now I'm now shaking, trying not to cry. <laughs> uh,
6: but don't worry, we're all looking at game. <laughs> <Yeah, that's right. laughs> I. Adam, I would throw in there, um, there's all these different seasons in life and many of them are so stressful and um, seeking peace, when when you talked about it in that sense, reminds me of identity. That's the word that came to my mind when you were saying that is identity. And what's my identity? My identity is not how I see myself and it's really not even how others see me. It's how God sees me. And then how do I align myself with how God sees me? That is when I'm at peace, and that, that's what comes to mind.
0: That's, that's absolutely wonderful. Angela, what about you?
7: I'm, I'm just trying to think of, like, where physically in the day that happens, um, and I, I'm thinking of two moments in particular. One, uh, in, the, in the consecration at Mass, when the silence is there, um, and like Gabe said, really being able to contemplate that experience. Um, we talk about the incarnation of Christ in, in the Eucharist, but we also do in, in his nativity. Um, but then also just, um, there's a moment in Christmas Day, at least it always happens in my family, after the presents are open and there's that, that quiet um, that comes over the house. Maybe people are taking naps or things like that. Um, and I think what I want to do this year, at least, is, is really lean into, well, this, this is a moment of, again, gratitude. Um, for the gifts that God has given me in this time, and and even looking deeper into, well, what is what is He wanting me to see here and now in this quiet, um, even as I'm like looking forward into the next year, um, and the the hope that comes with that, um, the hope that comes with uh, the good that God wants to do in my life.
3: You know, earlier Sam was talking about the humility of our Lord through the incarnation, and I already know because my wife is working Christmas Eve night into Christmas day. I already know that I will be up with a young child that night and I will be trying to hold this child and get this child back to sleep. And just, I know that in that moment I'm going to look down at this kid and think, wow, okay. Our Lord became incarnate and not just a grown adult incarnate. Our Lord became this humble, tiny little vulnerable baby out of love for us. And the the idea of such humility, it just it floors me. And as Corey was saying, it, you know, it orients me back toward God. To where am I? Who am I? And how much does God really love me? Which is just unfathomably a lot.
0: All right. Well, Sam is as, as the newest one looking for heavenly peace this Christmas. Uh, you get to you get to finish out the uh, panel here on this one.
5: Well, it's it's interesting when you first mentioned heavenly peace. You know, I think. It might be I don't know selfish of me but I think of uh in you know, the conversion of my immediate family. You know, it my wife became not became Catholic, but it was kind of reintegrated into the Catholic Church last Christmas at midnight mass and I was baptized in April and my daughter, uh my youngest was baptized at that same time, she's 3 and I have a high school two high school age daughters, 17 and 15, freshman and senior and you know, we at this point are kind of like a house divided, not adversarially um, because they're very, you know, devout. And, uh, but it's, when I think of heavenly peace, I think of the, the reconciliation of my entire, like, you know, my daughters to Christ and his church. And I think that um, out of all the things that would bring peace to me, you know, there's all these things that we all struggle with, whether it's, you know, health, material, like all these things that we all can ask for. But when I think of heavenly peace, I think of uh, my daughters being baptized into the church and them being able to participate in the Eucharist, you know, them being able to uh, no longer sit in the pews by themselves at Mass. And, And I think that you know, out of all the things that would, would bring peace to all of us, we all know somebody who's, uh, whether fell away from the faith or, you know, not, uh, not, not Catholic at all, never been Catholic, has no idea. And I think that, you know, all of our separated brethren, you know, everybody, you know, like the peace on earth to men of goodwill that we think about and that we um, desire, like, is that reunification to to God and his kingdom and for me that's that's the piece that that I think of
0: the and and really the the best Christmas gift just not to keep that peace for ourselves but to go out and evangelize and and share that peace. I mean you you sound like a shepherd already that the angels came to you and so now go and then you went to our lord and then you're like all right now we got to go tell everybody else on this here. I have to say I I think of this a couple different ways. Um, Tim, I used to be in that boat where we had newborns at home. Sure. And we we have two daughters who were born in early December. And each year it was the most blessed thing to contemplate the incarnation like, oh, our Lord was as fragile as this kid I'm holding in my arms. But now that I look back at that, you know, there's something about a baby sleeping in your arms that they are so peaceful. You know, they don't worry about anything. They don't have any care. They don't have any anxiety. They're just asleep, safe and secure and snuggled. And I was thinking about that line from John the 23rd, you know, when he'd get real worked up during the second Vatican Council, real stressed out. And he's like, it's your church, Lord, I'm going to bed, yeah. you know? And how, how do I do that? You know, like, Lord, it's your family. I'm going to bed. And, and to trust, like Corey was saying that, you know, this life is a pilgrimage, this earthly life is a pilgrimage and, and we're meant for the other side. So if we stay faithful If we frequent the sacraments, if we live a life of prayer, if we stay close to the Blessed Mother with that rosary daily, you know, what do we really have to worry about? I mean, we're going to get through, so just be like that little baby and sleep and rest and say, all right, Lord, it's in your hands. Uh, I'm not going to worry about it. With that, we're going to take one final break here on Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to go get you the uh, daily dose of encouragement and, you know, we'll be back with you after this.
4: Precious babe of Bethlehem, gift of love to sinful men. Thou, our Savior, Lord and King, may we all thy praises sing. Amen.
0: Twas the day before, the night before Christmas, and all through the Daily Dose of Encouragement this week, we have been talking about gift ideas. And to finish out the week, we turn to Patty Schneier.
9: My final encouragement for this week about gifts is do not forget your priests, your parish secretary, people in your parish who do amazing work. And I would also recommend this. With other parishioners, get together with other families, maybe five or 10, and ask your pastor, ask your associate, what would you like, something special that we could all go in together and get you? What do you need? Maybe he would like to go out to dinner with all of you, with a group. Maybe he would enjoy going to a sporting event with you. Maybe it would be tickets to a live performance, a concert, the symphony, or a voucher for his vacation next year. But a meaningful gift is when families go in together and get something that would be very nice for your parish priest. My final reminder is please don't forget our priests. We need to support them, love them, show them that they are part of our families. And we give gifts to, you know, very many members of our family. But don't forget your priests.
0: Having worked in the parish for so many years, I can tell you that as the pastors and the priests go through so many Masses in the coming days, those little things do make a big difference. Patty, thank you for this encouragement. Thank you for this week, and thank you for this entire year of the Daily Dose of Encouragement. It truly has been a gift for us and for our listeners. Well, sadly, the time is coming to a close here with our December 23rd final Roadmap Roundup of the year. It's been a year I'm very grateful for, especially to spend with all of you uh, here on Covenant Network. You are listeners, you are panelists here on Roadmap to Heaven, and I can't wait to see what the new year holds in store. And there's so much to look forward to. I mean, there's the food. Uh, I I like, I'm going to be honest here, one of my favorite things about this time of year or when there are just crackers and cheese balls sitting out it's, uh, I, you know i try to practice discipline and, and walk tastes. by but you know you just take some cream cheese some cheddar cheese some ranch dressing uh dry mix you put that in in whatever geometric form you want because i'm going to take a spreader and put it on a cracker anyway um yeah well you, you make fun of me gay but what's your favorite food that... <laughs> well
8: i we have some changes in the family but years ago we used to have these family get-togethers like the day or two after christmas and they would have the the ham, you know, the cured ham out, and there was this mustard with like the stone ground with the horseradish in it that was just like that. That is an amazing Christmas meal or dish or something, you know.
7: None of these sound like Christmas foods. I'm going to talk about a Christmas cookie that real quick. <laughs>
8: ham is Christmassy.
7: Well, but the mustard. Christmas ham? <laughs> <laughs> just wait I'm till you hear mine. Up, right? Yeah. <laughs> The, the very best food of Christmas for me is my mom makes these orange peel cookies. So she shreds an orange peel and adds them to this cookie dough and a little bit of powdered sugar on it. And it is special.
6: Well, I'm, I'm sensing we're having one of those cookie sharing things, yeah. right? I'm going to get those next year. I would say the Vonderhars on Christmas morning, we make the world's greatest French toast, which is a three inch thick piece of country bread that's been soaked overnight in a custard that has some brandy in it and then it's baked in the oven and served with maple syrup and powdered sugar and you are running strong until about 1 o'clock when you completely crash.
0: I'm going to need a recipe do you have breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. It, it <laughs> sounds <laughs> like we're starting at the Vonderhars. Yeah. We're going right? to pick up a, right? an afternoon <laughs> snack
3: <Yeah>. at, <laughs> at Angela's Vonderhaar.
0: house and then go have some ham with uh, must, delicious mustard at Gabe's house. All right. Now, Corey, you're making a face over there. I am
2: making a face because you're not going to believe me. So and what, growing up, Uh, We had very simple Christmas, too, and we had Christmas, actually open presents on Christmas Eve, and it was a very simple dinner, and my favorite was broccoli cheese soup, and it's totally horrible for you, and it's the Velveeta plastic, awful, wonderful... (laughs) But it's so good. (laughs) Broccoli cream, broccoli cheese soup.
0: New Year's Eve, when we get together with my wife's family, it's the rye bread pizzas that have that exact same healthy cheese on. And, you know, lock me up because I'll eat them all. There's no discipline at that point.
2: Also the rye bread dip. My mother-in-law does Sam's
0: looking at us like, well, I thought we were talking about religious stuff for Christmas. Where did this go to? When did this go to gluttony? We're all going to have to go to confession here.
5: It's funny. I don't really, uh, I don't think I taste things like other people taste things. Uh, you mentioned crackers and my favorite part about any holiday party or, or party or anything along those lines, just simple ways potato chips. Uh, <laughs> somebody puts them out in a bowl and we don't get the plain ones and, and it's really enjoyable. Also my mother-in-law, just a shout out, makes a, a wonderful dish. It's got eggs and asparagus and some stuff in like a cast iron pan And if she's listening, it's my absolute favorite,
0: and I love it. Does it go well with ham and mustard?
5: Uh, Actually, I would think Ask
3: Ask Gabe.
0: All right. (laughs) All right, Tim, your wife bakes, <laughs> so I, I want to know what she's making Jesus. for Christmas, because oh, I'll come over to your house, I, too. I would like to know, too. Uh, no, we have a tendency to treat
3: Christmas like Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just appetizers galore. And I would love to tell you what my specific favorite one is, but I can't even remember. You put the, you get the hot wings, and you're like, yeah, I know it's Christmas at 11 a.m., but I'm having a bunch of hot wings. <laughs> or you make this little toasted bread thing with sausage and cheese on it, and bacon wrapped around little hot dogs, and now I'm hungry.
0: Is Tim <laughs> tearing up at the beauty of Christmas? No, that's just the hot wings. He rubbed his eye <laughs> there. No. You know, the, the important. it may sound silly, but for me, it's these memories that we come back to all the time that stress for me the importance of family because, you know, Beth is absolutely the the best wife I could have hoped for because she's a perfect fit for me. And growing up, we always had Entman's Chocolate Donuts on Christmas morning when we opened presents as a family. And you know, being a, a former church musician, I, I always would forget to get them. And she would always make sure that there were Entman's chocolate donuts for me and the kids. She wouldn't even eat them. She doesn't like them, but she would make sure that we have them. And it's a little bit of that tradition that we get to pass down. And that's what makes me think about going to mass, you know, with my, my mom and my dad and my brothers and then going to grandma's house right after on Christmas Eve and all of those things that we pass on to our kids. So, from all of us to all of you, I just want to say we hope that those traditions are living strong in your family. We hope that you're coming up with your new traditions, just like Sam and Angela are, and that you're going to have just a very blessed and merry Christmas. So, I think um, to close it out here, let, let's just say a prayer and then uh, maybe end it here in holiday style. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace. Pray pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray Pray for us. us. Well, for all of us here at Covenant Network, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. We want to thank you for being with us all year long. And here's the best news. Starting Tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, we start playing Christmas music here on the station. (laughs) And we actually play it through the Christmas Christmas season, season, unlike the other stations that are going to turn it off in 48 hours. So there's that. Uh, We want to thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for tuning in all year. Until we're back with you in the new year for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright.
2: I'm Corey Grizzle. I'm Angela Miller.
0: I'm Dan Vonderhaar. I'm Gabe Jones. I'm Sam Ashlock. I'm Tim Lucasey.